When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Poetry Questions TPQ20, where we sit down with your favorite authors to talk about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. My name is Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Hey, <laughs> I'm doing all right. Good to, uh, good to finally virtually meet you. Likewise. Um, yeah. So uh, welcome to TPQ20. Um, I've, been, uh, I've been a big fan for a while now, so I'm excited to, uh, to actually get a talk with you. Um, 61 Central is a fantastic book. Oh, thank uh, you. And thanks oh, again yeah. for reviewing it because uh, it, was, uh, oh. it made it out to almost no one. <laughs> hey, you know what? What a fantastic book. And maybe this will bring some people back around to that and your other work as well. Uh, we always like to start off by saying, you know, we know who you are, but our audience may be new to you. Um, so if you were to kind of give the bio that wouldn't go on your website, uh, who are you? Uh, I am the poet who takes out trash at odd hours of the morning and disturbs neighbors with singing drunkenly along with my favorite songs way too late into the midnight hours. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. What, what would those favorite songs be? Is there is there one that that particularly annoys the neighbors more than others? I would have to say any Jason Webley album, uh, just because he's a one-man band with the soul of a gypsy poet. So um, I, All right. howling is wonderful. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Love it. So um, we always like to start off with passions. Uh, you know, what are those, what are those things that maybe you find outside of the poetry world that you're truly passionate about that find their way into your writing? Um, music's got to be a huge influence. Um, I'm it's headphones are constantly on. Uh, there's no better way to drive than, you know, lead foot down the highway with the radio cranked and the windows open. Uh, also, uh, nature is a huge part. Uh, I grew up with, you know, most people inundated with the romantics and stuff like that. So uh, just the backyard is its own microcosm and I, I never leave it. That's a huge influence, just studying how every little monotony of everyday things are so wondrous, but so underappreciated. Oh. I like that. Is there something, what are you finding in that? When you're looking at that, is there like, I mean, are you like blade of grass, like technical or are you, what are you looking for? Or, you know, what are you exploring in those moments? Um, it all depends on what hits me. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the muse. Um, I, I give up everything to it. Uh, so it's more kind of whatever connection forms in that moment. And I, I just zero in on it and explode that. And that's what I love to work with. I do love the technical. Uh, I, I will 
blurt out some lines and think they're the best thing in the moment, and then hit it the next day and go, what is this crap? Let me make something <laughs> of this. <laughs> hey, at least there's something there from which to make something of. I mean, that's, you know, at least, oh, yeah. at least there's, there's that. So you, do you find that you are, when you're kind of in that backyard mode, um, are you writing at that point or is it something that you have to take in and then kind of come back to? Both. Um, there, there have been moments where I've been like a Bob Hickok and the poem has just flowed out and it doesn't need to be touched or much. And then there are moments uh, like with 61 Central where um, there was just this overwhelming amount of information that I was feeling. And it took a while to translate and get everything in the right places it needed to be, needed to be, to be communicated. So the storyline needed to take over in a sense. I mean, do you, do you think that there is, I, I guess with your work then, are you, are you also then writing for a storyline? Is there a theme that we should know page one that goes through the entirety of the, of the work? Uh, for 61 Central, yeah, it was definitely a uh, desolation loss. Uh, it was it was kind of written to be a false ghost story because no one like that. Yeah, no one actually died out there. Um, it's just this big uh, mythic sort of American place. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I wanted to have fun with it in the way um, like extremely loud and incredibly close did with 9-11. Just use that as a backdrop for a human story. Um, the way Stephen King writes is just using that small town to sort of reap the atmosphere. And I, like I wanted to do that with 61. Very cool. I think that's a really, it's always, it's interesting. I talked to, I was, we, we talked to a lot of poets and, and it's really interesting. The ones who um, have at least that, or have uh, a storyline or if not a storyline, an overarching atmosphere that you have to be a part of to understand. And I like kind of that de- idea of that desolation setting up, you know, this, this town and this, this, everything that goes in there. We know that for this poetry book, we live here. And I like, you know, I like that. I like that kind of world where you really do sink yourself into it. Like you're picking up a novel to read or something. It is, you become part of a, part of a collection, at least around a place mm. I like that. Um, what is then your, process are you a superstitious person do you have you know a bunch of candles lit behind you uh need a few sticks of incense glowing um or is it just uh you know wherever you are wherever the mood strikes on a phone's note app uh i have a uh a six by three spiral notebook in my pocket at all times two pens that hang around my neck uh (laughs) and i have my phone for when uh, I need to text myself something in an instance and I can't write for whatever reason, um, I am always ready to accept whatever comes to mind uh, and explore it later. And hopefully, as, uh, like as of late, I'm not too afraid of the keyboard and my own uh, internal editor to uh, actually type out the thing I want to. <laughs> oh, so so are we in the middle of a, we're in the middle of like that roadblock moment. Uh, what's what's keeping you from the uh, from the keyboard? Um. It's been it's been better, thankfully. Lately, I've started to write again. But the uh, prior to and when I when I started to develop stanza canon, um, I was in the middle of not being able to do anything I used to love, like write. Um, and basically, it was just 
wanting to get everything out extremely perfectly in the in the first try. And I would, I would, as I was writing, keep correcting what I was writing without moving forward with the idea and not letting it develop itself. Um, so I would constantly hinder my own progress. Um, and that's not how I used to be. It used to just flow and then, you know, correct, but um, yeah, it became distraction by design at some point, the editing process. Exactly. Exactly. Do you, I mean, do you feel like that's something, are you, are you so much of, I know you've talked already a little bit about that idea that sometimes the words do flow and they come out in a way that just doesn't need to be touched, but when they do, are you somebody who is so in your head about the editing process that it really does take away from the poem and maybe forces you to stop at times? It's always something to be wary of. Definitely. Um, but I enjoy editing a great deal. I've had uh, the pleasure of editing for uh, some micro presses and vanity presses and working with their authors to keep their own voice. And, uh, you know, I just love digging into the technical and working with them to find what words work best in which order for them. Uh, and I really do love doing that to my own poetry, which, I, which is why I don't mind doing it for others. But uh, first and foremost, the creativity has to be there. The lines have to be there, the, the bones of it, you know? Uh, yeah, everything else. So you'll at, least, you'll at least for the most part, let your pieces play out until the end. Then it's, then it's you're not willing to be finished with them. Uh, do, you, do you find then how long are you, do you wait to come back to pieces that you have to edit? Um, most are like instantaneous, okay. but I, I will constantly come back to them after so many rejections from literary magazines and just, you know, constantly reread. And when you resubmit, you, you of course reread the poem and go, Oh wait, why didn't I change that before? <laughs> that was Absolutely. a silly oversight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or you do that even after you publish pieces, you read through them and be like, why did I do that? That was a silly oversight. Definitely. definitely I've definitely run into quite a few of that in the, you know, the years of the poetry question. Um, you said you kind of, you know, had, grew up with like the romantics and things like that. Um, and I think that was kind of ingrained in all of our schooling. Uh, I think that's just kind of what the, uh, as a teacher, I think that's what I was kind of just told at one point, here's what you teach during this part of your, you know, junior English teaching, you teach your, you know, your romantics and you teach, you know, those around there. Cause you got to get to Halloween somewhere. And they always figure the romantics land somewhere, somewhere in October is what they always told you. Um, who are the authors though that really got your, you know, that really got you going? Who are those authors that made you want to sit down and read more? Uh, Amiri Baraka, um, the way he plays with language. Uh, and he's from my host home state of Jersey too, which didn't hurt. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the way he worked with words in the same way I was taught the, the cubists did, you know, Cummings, Zukovsky. And seeing it play out in a more political, more uh, identifiable uh, way or an environment, uh, more modern, uh, really brought how words can be worked with uh, home to me and uh, let me see a lot more of what they could do beyond just having fun with them. Um, 
but uh, Bob Hickok uh, was someone I picked up on. I think I saw him at like a Dodge Poetry Fest once, and I was Ooh. like, "Oh, this guy, this guy is phenomenal." And I picked up a book, and I was dog earing every page, going, "How can he do this?" <laughs> <laughs> it is always fun when your books have more writing in it than the authors intended. Oh man, uh, and just <laughs> so many more, like Lucille Clifton. Um, the local local poets who I met through the slam scene and um, the like louder arts and the short-lived Trenton uh, poetry slam team. Uh, they were, Oh, and the Jersey shore poets. Um, they're losers. Like poly- Wait, Jersey shore poets are like Polly B and the situation. And uh... Uh, more like Chris Rockwell <laughs> and uh... <laughs> not, the, not the MTV crowd. Wait a second. Not quite. <laughs> They don't have as much muscle, but they have way more attitude. <laughs> there we go. So that's so. Uh, how involved were you in the slam scene? Not too. I I, I was on the the proto team for the Trenton Slam team, um, but we never actually made it to any competitions. We were always <laughs> trying to find enough members and have enough time, and coordinating people was uh, a bit of a bitch. Um, but, uh, uh, I was, I was always connected to people in that community, um, via loser slam and louder arts. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of those people we hung out with constantly and like Nicole Homer, uh, and Chad Anderson, um, they just had so many connections and knew so many wonderful people that we were always talking and always exploring and having Ooh. fun with words. Oh, that's awesome. Do you find that there's a, I always like to ask poets who kind of spend their time in both worlds. Um, is there a difference for you when it comes to writing for page versus stage? Um, do you find that you do you get stuck in that, you know, cause there is that flow that comes with slam poetry at times. Um, do you get stuck kind of feeling like you have to write a certain way for one versus the other? There's, there's definitely a, um, a stigma attached to it right like mm-hmm. it, it always has to be entertaining but what people forget is that poems themselves are the entertainment so it's up mm. to the poet to make it entertaining so any poem can be a slam poem you just got to know how to work it um and i i found honestly i have i have a seven line poem that's absolutely horrible in the current political landscape it's called snatch trap um it, it, it takes all of 20 seconds to read and it won several slams for me. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's all. Didn't need, just... didn't need the three minutes. <clears throat> no, no. And I, <laughs> I actually know a young writer during the Trenton slam period who was beating himself up because he had this wonderful poem he showed me. And I remembered thinking, wow, this is, this is perfect. And this dude was really young, uh, super talented. And, he's like oh but it's not finished yet it's not three minutes i was like dude stop done (laughs) so yeah but how how much more empty space can you fill exactly i have a blank page it's meant for all the words (laughs) no uh then do you i mean i get so so then for you because um remember talking to i talked with uh joel leon and he was talking about how uh, he felt at one point he got too caught up in kind of the presentation portion of his writing. So the stage piece became almost um, as much about staging 
uh, than it was about the poem. So it was almost like writing two different pieces in the same to get out on the stage. Mm. I could, I could see how that would be. I, I could see how that would happen. Definitely. But uh, my, my heart is in the arrangement of words and I, I don't, I'm, I'm not that much of a performer. So my, my life, uh, my paycheck isn't on the line with that. <laughs> so I can <laughs> afford to just concentrate on the words. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I, if, if, I, if, it were a bigger part of my career. I I wonder if that would have influenced it at all at all. But uh, yeah. as of now, uh, it's I exist on the page, and that's uh, that's kind of where I want to stay. Cool. Well, what uh, what are you what have you found have been kind of those you know those roadblocks along the way? Um, you know, where have you found maybe that you've hit that imposter syndrome mark, or that you know you said you kind of had some you know you couldn't find that keyboard right away how do you find that you get beyond those or do you get beyond those or are they maybe just part of who you are as a writer at this point oh a mentor early on um a high school teacher um outright told me maybe badly um all compliments are insults and we're all compliments. Well, okay. So as I, I quickly will delete the review. From- <laughs> I mean, I've, I've come to accept them, but you know, I, in the back of my head is always working like, okay, so I need to fix. This is what you're telling me. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, a big part of me is just living as an imposter. Every, every time I hear someone really good, I'm just like, wow, why am I even trying? <laughs> and uh, you know, it's, it, it comes down to realizing that everyone has something to tell beautifully and if they can that's just awesome that's period that's where it ends like there is room enough for everyone's awesome and oh yeah. there's your there's your next shirt yeah like, there's that there's the shirt to be sold there's room for everyone's awesome should be your tagline what a that's what a great concept what it like it really is true there is room for everyone's awesome a lot of there's a lot of fighting in the especially in the twitter poetry world but i like that idea that people need to hold on there's room for everyone's awesome i like that a lot that's Um, that's a huge part of the jersey poetry scene where i come from everyone's super supportive uh even in even new york scene and uh uh, down in trenton just everyone just wanted everyone to be their best and there was no like oh well we can't have him on because he's going to overshadow so and so and you know it's no it's like He's good. He's here. I like that. So as we kind of head toward uh, toward the finish line here, who are some of the poets out there that we should be reading? Who are you reading that's kind of getting you excited nowadays? Um, it doesn't even have to be in poetry, just in literature at large. And then uh, where can we find your work, 61 Central and Stanza Canon? What can we, uh, where can we find things and uh, what should we be looking for? Uh, absolutely check out Nacelle Davies. Uh, she, I came to a, I came to her poetry through a YouTube video for a book uh, like a book trailer, which I had never even seen a book trailer for poetry before. But she works with this one particular artist that does sort of like um, South Park type animation with uh, cutouts, and cool. she is marvelously dark, wonderful at integrating mythology, be it uh, uh, contemporary or uh, ancient Greek type stuff um, and really just twisting the hell out of it for these enthralling personal takes on just about everything. Um, 
Circe was the book she started with. Uh, the Walled Wife is an incredibly complex maze. I'm still trying to make my way through. Uh, In the Circus of You was fantastic. And Ooh. I think Becoming Judas or just Judas, I can't remember, was also uh, fantastic. Oh, that sounds so cool. Um, Bob Hickok, if people have not picked up any books by him, I would recommend Words for Empty and Words for Full, uh, especially with his poem in there, Man to Man, which I read every single time after a mass shooting uh, because it is a heartbreaking poem. Also uh, his book on love and sex is just one of the best I've ever read. Awesome. Um, yeah. Just to, there, there's a ton more. If you, if you check out my profile on uh, poets and writers, there's a whole list of the, the people who have influenced me and more are coming up every day. Ah, uh, very cool. And then where can we find oh, oh, no, go ahead, please. Sorry. I just want to give a shout out to Bottle Cap Press. Um, they do, they have put out some amazing chapbooks and they're, I, I think they're just vanity publications, but yeah. still um, I love chapbooks. I really do. You sit, there's like 10 to 12 poems, you get a taste of the poet um, and the stuff they put out, uh, mostly that I've I've seen, it's been phenomenal. Ah, awesome! And where can we get your work, and what can we find for you? Uh, you can get my work if you go over uh, to affairsofink.com. Uh, there's a direct link where you can get books directly from me. So if you want like inscriptions or anything, you can tell me that uh, in the PayPal, etc. I've got a few copies of an older book, Miserable with Fire. Uh, I've got uh, more copies of Death Loves a Drinking Game and of course, 61 Central. Um, and you can definitely check out Stanza Canon. It's uh, an online literary quarterly I, I developed during uh, COVID lockdown because I was just missing live poetry so much um and what stanza canon is is uh, a quarterly for spoken poetry only and we've gotten uh submissions from all over the world which was hugely surprising we've uh published we've had two issues so far uh we have uh yeah, submissions in from india ethiopia scotland uh the uk new york jersey uh cool yeah paris <laughs> A, a Parisian actually let it, let me edit him, which was <laughs> kind of <Wow>. awesome. <laughs> well done, so cool. Well, that's really exciting. Um, I am super. I'm super grateful for your work and to have you on here. Uh, Likewise, I, yeah. I look forward to people finding you and uh, and hopefully moving some of those copies. And I, I will say, uh, I do truly love your work. So I hope that people find that. I hope people find you. Uh, and let's get the word out there about Stanza Canon um, and hear some amazing poetry. So sounds, we will. Uh, sounds great. You do a tremendous job. I've been following you forever. So uh, I, I appreciate your enthusiasm and your love for the arts. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I look forward to your journey and talking to you soon. Thanks. Likewise. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Poetry Questions TPQ20. Please like, rate, review, and subscribe. See you next week.